One thing that frustrates me tremendously about Google nowadays is that so many things they try to automate is a bid management solution. So if they notice that my conversion rate is declining for one of my keywords, well, what's the answer to still make me hit my cost per acquisition goal while you lower the bid if you have a lower conversion rate? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kimara Show. I am your host, Kimara, and today we are joined by Frederick Valles from Optimizer. Now, if you're someone who's run ads on Google before, this episode's probably going to blow your mind a little bit. I'm one of the very, uh, I think it's the first 500 employees at Google, uh, understanding and learning the world of PPC and pay-per-click and the problems that people face, Frederick uh, gives us a bit of an insight into what they're up to at Optimizer, but also some of the uh, the lessons and stories when you are playing with that pay-per-click over on Google. It's a great episode. You will not want to miss that. And of course, we can help you with your marketing and socials over on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that fun stuff. Head over to our free Facebook community where we have free training every single week, helping you with marketing, sales, and more. That's www.joinmygroup.com.au. But until then, let's jump into the show. Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you making the time. Thanks for having me on, Kim. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Now, I always like to start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if I met you at a party and you and I were chatting and I said to you, Frederick, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? Well, I'm the CEO of Optimizer, one of the co-founders, and our mission is to help uh, people manage PPC accounts better through technology. So that's what I spend my days on is figuring out ways that we can achieve that goal. Nice. And- how did you get into that space? Because obviously when you were probably at school, uh, PPC probably did not exist. Uh, I know that's when I went to school and, uh, you know, looking back and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, all the stuff that we've been uh, doing over the last few years didn't exist back then. So what was uh, your journey getting into the PPC space? Yeah, it's, it's evolved quite a bit, but when I was in school, it actually did exist. So I was uh, at Stanford in 1998 and GoTo had come out with this whole crazy concept of keyword advertising. Uh, you'd pick your keyword and you'd put a bid in and you'd lead people to a landing page, which was on your own site, or in my case, it was going to my eBay listings. And uh, you generate traffic that way. And so I was like, that's pretty interesting. And uh, I was studying electrical engineering. It started dabbling in PPC. Honestly, I wasn't very successful. And our go-to also maybe wasn't the easiest to use system. But then after I graduated from, uh, from school, had an engineering job, product management sort of job, and then that was in 2000, the dot-com bubble was imploding at the time. So I ended up losing my job in the third round of layoffs. And I started looking for a, an exciting new company to go and join. And Google was local to where I was living. I was in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And I uh, was lucky enough to get a job from them back in 2002 and started working again on, on PPC, Google ads, became an evangelist and had a really fun time with it. And so... When you say um, working on uh, PPC through Google Ads, was that internally then with Google or were, they, were you then starting to dabble with it outside or how did that all kind of uh, come about? Yeah, so I was internal. So Google had just signed a deal with AOL to do syndication of the search ads. And all of a sudden, the approval process was taken much more seriously. In the beginning, Google was like, well, whatever, these ads show up on our search engine. And if somebody thinks, if somebody's offended by that ad, well, we're just this tiny little startup with not that much money in the bank, so who cares, right? 
But then AOL comes in with this mega deal for Google, and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, if that deal falls through because we let some shady ads show up on the on AOL, it's a pretty big deal. So they had started hiring people to review these ads, humans to review ads. And that's pretty crazy nowadays when we have all this machine learning and artificial intelligence. But back then, yeah, it was literally me and a bunch of other people looking at what keywords people were picking, what ads they were writing, what the landing pages were doing, and a manual review process of approving, disapproving. And then the one thing that was nice for me, so I, I, they actually came to me in March of 2002 with that sort of a job offer. And I was like, well, I've got an electrical engineering degree from Stanford. Reviewing and approving ads is, is honestly below me, below my standards. Uh, financially, that was probably the wrong answer because I would have joined Google much earlier. But uh, but later on, they came back and they said, well, we, we still want you to do that, but you can also help us translate AdWords into Dutch. And that was the sixth language that we're going to go into. And I'm originally from Belgium, so spoke Dutch, which is a pretty unique skill in the Bay Area. There's not that many speakers of Dutch. Um, I was like, okay, well, I've been unemployed long enough, and now you're making it interesting enough that I'll consider this. And so in August of 2002, I, uh, I went to Google, uh, and I joined in what's now known as Building Zero in the I'm, Fe I'm Feeling Lucky conference room. Um, yeah, and then so it was less than 500 people at the time. Now, when I left, it was like 60,000 plus. So it was quite a ride. Nice. And what um, what was the, the precursor to you then leaving? Because obviously where you're like, I just want to get out there and help other people uh, optimize and improve this sort of stuff. Or Because I'm, I'm assuming that whilst you're there, you, you probably grew a bit, uh, pretty fond of it considering that you're still doing it today. Yeah, super fond of it. And so I was working on it internally. But then I also started dabbling and actually using the advertising product to pick up some affiliate business. And I got pretty good at it. And so I got good enough to the point where I had my own dedicated account manager who was literally sitting two seats away from me. Um, so I was supporting one set of customers, but then I was also being serviced by these other people on the team. Um, and, and so it was really fun because I had this whole practical insight into the tool. And when the engineers are building it and the product managers are building it, things tend to sometimes become a bit theoretical. Like, okay, it's supposed to happen this way, but then you put it in real life and it's like, oh, well, I, I need to buy keywords that have misspellings because your keyword match types are not picking that up. Uh, or I'm buying all these clicks and yeah, it's kind of cool that I can set a cost per click bid, but I care about conversions and Google at the time, strangely enough, didn't have conversion tracking. It didn't exist. Um, and so for my own business, I was building all of these things. I built the search query tool before Google had search terms data and I built conversion tracking. And, and so then product team was noticing, it was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Like that's how you actually use the product. This is how it really works. And so I ended up becoming more of a liaison between customers and the product and the engineering teams and help them figure out, okay, what do you really need to build? And then how do people actually use it? And how does that inform the next version of the tool? Uh, and that was more of the evangelist role then, which was really a hybrid between cross-functional marketing, uh, the, the press team, the, 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 the engineering product teams, et cetera. Um, and then at some point, company got big enough and we had some upper management changes. And they said, you know, it's fantastic what evangelists do, but we need to scale it, right? So how do you make 10 new friends who can do what, what you do, but do it at scale? And kind of the whole point of an evangelist is that it is a bit of a special role. There's a, a huge human connection and just like trying to scale it through blogging, 
and you know, giving presentations for the sales team like that that just doesn't work and so when they said well that that's what we want you to do i was like no nah, that's not going to work i've got enough money in the bank from having been there early enough that i can just basically go and figure something else out and i left google and i i knew exactly what problems advertisers had that google was not going to solve because i was in those meetings where we decided not to solve some of these problems and so uh within a couple of weeks of leaving google i i built a quality score tracking script it would track your historical quality score and people are like yeah that's really cool we've been wanting that let's uh, let's use your script and i didn't have a way to monetize it at the time but then i met these two amazing co-founders who helped uh, they, they they had really good api skills and so we took some of these scripts and we took my brand recognition in the industry and we leveraged it into like this great founding team of one engineer myself as the marketer and then one person for operations and that became optimizer us and what at the start of optimizer obviously you had those um scripts and whatnot and like what has that evolved into today like what are some of the problems that you're helping solve in the space of um ppc yeah so, so it's funny because sometimes we're still known as the scripts company and and even from the beginning we were not purely scripts but it's just it's, it's, it's really cool because a script is a very easy way to do a proof of concept there's not a lot of UI. It's it's basically the backend code that solves your problem. Um, and then if people take to that, then you can figure out a nice user interface and port it into the API system and then kind of rebuild it. But that rebuilding often takes several months, whereas a script, I could kind of like knock one together in a couple of days and see if people like it. Um, right, so th th that's kind of how the company started. The, the problems that we solve nowadays are much more to do, I think, with automation. And the fact that Google is trying to take away the jobs that search and PPC specialists have done for a long time. So from picking the keywords to setting the bids to managing the budgets, there's so much automation coming in. But we just need almost like PPC insurance. When all of these automations from the ad engine are making decisions for my business, I need to make sure that those are good decisions and that they fit my criteria. And my criteria are often a little bit different than Google's criteria. And one really good example of that is, is Google gives advertisers automated bidding with a target return on ad spend. But a target return on ad spend, honestly, that's not talking about profit. That's not talking about revenue. And so you still have to connect the dots. And so if you're, as a business, going to have a big sale next weekend, Google doesn't know about that. And so they're going to assume that your conversion rate is going to be pretty consistent from what it was last weekend. But you're like, no, my prices are going to be so good. I'm going to double my conversion rate. And if I don't manipulate my target return on ad spend bid, Google's going to completely miss that opportunity. And so it's like, it's connecting those dots. How do you connect your business data to the automations from Google? And we call that concept automation layering. So let Google do the heavy lifting, the really expensive machine learning, and then put some um, layers on top of it that are much more rules-based, alerts-based, and that give you back some of the control that you crave as a marketer. And uh, are you guys purely specializing in Google? Like, are you doing similar things in the space of like Facebook and whatnot as well? Or yeah, I know this is a uh, more of a social show, but uh, yeah, we're we're pretty heavy on the search marketing side. So we do Google ads, we do Microsoft ads, we do Amazon ads. So for those people that have Amazon shops, because Amazon is pretty similar in how it works with keywords and bidding uh, as it is with Google. And then for Facebook, we actually do have some solutions now finally coming out. So if you want to get into Instagram, Facebook, 
and kind of control things through a rules-based approach, we can really help you automate that as well. And then we also do cross-platform reporting, really pretty looking reports that you can share with your clients, your stakeholders, and reports that don't take you half a day each month to do. We just build it once and then it just goes on autopilot. Nice. And what about, obviously, with um, uh, for anyone watching all of the recent updates that have caused a lot of tracking issues, I know, especially on Facebook being that, you know, I'm a, I'm a Facebook uh, guy and I, uh, we play around a little bit with Google and YouTube and whatnot as well. But for, um, for some of the changes that came through after like iOS 14, iOS 15, um, with tracking browser-based tracking and whatnot, how have you guys seen that kind of affect the PPC and ad space? And is there anything that you're seeing that's helping, um, fix some of those problems, uh, that, that had been caused by, uh, some of these updates and changes? Um, yeah, I'm definitely seeing things around that. It may not be the answers that your audience will be excited by, but when I go to conferences and we're talking about iOS 14 and those changes, honestly, people came to me and said, listen, I've been doing a lot of Facebook ads for my clients, but I'm shifting budget towards Google because Google still has the better tracking. They haven't lost all of these capabilities and it's just working better now that, uh, all these privacy regulations are wreaking havoc with what they used to know. Um, and so if you think about the underlying problem as how do I drive more business for my clients, then yes, I mean, search and social, they both play a role, right? And you can shift from one to the other and they can also be very complementary. And so, you know, you, you, you use one system to, um, so you use search ads and, and keywords are brilliant, right? Because for, for a while there, people were saying, well, it's all about audiences and knowing who the people are. But that express expression of intent through the keyword, like you, you just can't beat that. And it's nice if you can put an audience on top of it, but still, if somebody tells you that they're looking for uh, a tree removal and you provide tree removal services, well, great. You know exactly what, what that is. You don't really need to know if it's a man or a woman or kind of the demographics or what other pages they've been visiting that, that matters much, much less. Um, but then what you can do is you can use these keyword-based systems to still drive traffic to your site. And through that, you can use first-party cookieing, right? So now you're building your own audiences. And the thing is that it's been so easy to rely on third-party cookies and third-party data for a long time that a lot of advertisers just haven't taken the effort to build up their first-party data. Uh, and that's where these systems are nice because they are complementary, right? You can still go on Google. You can still get a good audience through that cookie them, and then that becomes your first-party data that you can now leverage, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram or in a different search channel. Uh, yeah, I, I highly agree. So I think it was some things were probably too easy for people for a little while, which meant that a lot of marketing agencies and marketers were pretty uh, lazy with things. So it has been kind of interesting to see how things have changed. And obviously being that you guys kind of deal with a lot of data and based on your background and history as well, is there anything that you kind of see as a shift, um, apart from obviously some of the things you touched on there, a shift that's coming um, that maybe people uh, aren't aware of or aren't really prepared for? Well, I think the shift that's been happening, kind of a seismic shift in the industry, is just that push towards automation. And, and it's really interesting because in Google now, they have these new campaigns that are called Performance Max campaigns. And all you give it is what is your website? What's your landing page URL? And like, what's five headlines with value propositions about your company? 
and give us a couple of images and a logo and maybe a YouTube video. Um, and if you sell stuff, you can also connect to merchant feed, but that that's kind of it, right? Now Google goes and figures out what are the search terms or the keywords that they show, should show you for based on the goals that you've identified for the campaign, they'll automatically do the bidding. And so it's that shift to where it's really turning upside uh, up on its head, how you manage these campaigns. And so the way that I like to think, and I wrote a book about this, um, and so it's called Unlevel the Playing Field. So how do you stand out? How do you still win in PPC when these seismic shifts are happening? And it's really much more about operating at uh, the boundaries of the ad system and teaching the system by having better value reporting and better conversion tracking and being smarter about how you set goals. And again, like T-ROAS, how that connects to your business. And then the third part is how you set up your structured data. So if Google is going to use your merchant feed and your website to determine what is a good keyword, well, then that's what you should be optimizing instead of optimizing the keywords within the system. Um, and so that's a shift that's been going on. And, and it, it, there's frustrating times that happen when Google is a little bit too liberal sometimes with some of the keywords they pick, or sometimes they take traffic away from your existing brand campaign and put it into one of these performance max campaigns. And it's the lack of insight and the lack of control that then frustrates advertisers. And just figuring out how we deal with that is kind of the uh, the big thing in the industry that I see right now. And as you said, like being that there's a lot of the automations coming through, uh, and that's kind of seems to be a big focus for a lot of the platforms. What what do you think then the actual advertisers, those people that are doing the PPC work or maybe they're um, in agencies or whatever it might be, what do they have to do to make sure that they still stay uh, relevant and, and important for their customers? Because, you know, as, as you said, like there's a lot of people where they're like, oh, well, you know, there's automation. I can just plug into this and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get a great result. Like what are some of the things that uh, they should be doing? Exactly. If you assume that you're going to plug into automation and get a great result, be ready to crash and burn. Um, so that, that's the good news, right? There's still something to do. And I, the, the easiest way I can explain it is, uh, to create it to roles that most people are familiar with. So it's the PPC doctor, the PPC pilot, and the PPC teacher. And so as the PPC doctor, the simple example is how do you combine different medicines together? So you talk to your patient, your patient is your, the company that you're advertising for, and you understand the goals and you understand the limits they have and the sensitivities they have to to trying certain things. And then you put together a suite of medication to a treatment plan that's going to solve that problem. And it's it's stupid stuff like, am I going to use last click attribution or data-driven attribution? And in the old world of manual PPC management, last click attribution was completely fine because you as a human, if, if you were selling sneakers as a business, but you realized that sneakers was kind of an upper funnel keyword. And so it was never getting credit for that sale because it was, people would search sneakers and then they'd go and search something more specific. And in last click attribution, it's that last thing they search that gets all the credit for the conversion, right? But you sell sneakers and you look at the report that says sneakers has no conversions. Are you as a sneaker company going to turn that keyword off? No, you're not. But as an automated bidding system, yes, you are because you don't have that context. You can't contextualize it. And so as a doctor, you're like, well, if you're going to use smart bidding, automated bidding, you better also make these attribution changes and these changes in how you report things because otherwise it's going to crash and burn. Uh, I mean, as the PPC pilot, it's much more of a monitoring role. So one thing that frustrates me tremendously about Google nowadays is that so many things they try to automate 
is a bid management solution. So if they notice that my conversion rate is declining for one of my keywords, well, what's the answer to still make me hit my cost per acquisition goal? Well, you lower the bid if you have a lower conversion rate. Okay, that's fine, but why is my conversion rate dropping? You as the PPC pilot, you're going to take a look at the system and say, oh, whoops, we broke the landing page. And yes, of course, the conversion rate's going down because people can't check out because it's, uh, you know we broke something. And so is the solution then to bid less? Well, no, of course not. The solution is to fix your landing page, your checkout page, and then to tell the system, please ignore the data from the last six hours when this whole thing was broken, and then continue to do the automation, right? That's how you fix the business. That's how you continue to get conversions in the future. And then the last role is really the PPC teacher, and that's um, more future thinking, like the example I gave, if you're going to have this big sale coming up, and that's going to do something to conversion rate, well, you want to plug into the machine learning somehow and tell it to expect this so that it takes the most uh, advantage of that scenario when it happens. Yeah, I love that. I love that breakdown. That's awesome. Um, now, uh, Frederick, as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask uh, the same question at the end of every podcast, which is, is there a question which I haven't asked you yet that I should have? Oh, boy. Well, uh, yeah, you should ask people about uh, why they should try Optimizer. <laughs> why, should, why, should, why should they try Optimizer? Well, and yeah, I don't want to be too salesy here. But um, no, I mean, so Optimizer, we really, um, it's a cool company because we just looked at the problems that came out of Google Ads and like, what are these best strategies that the PPC experts wish they could do, but they're just too time consuming. And so we're bridging these little gaps in the system and making people more effective. Uh, but one thing that I love in my job is because we work with so many experts, we get all these really cool problems that we have to help solve. Um, right Today, I was working with someone who says that if you turn on performance max campaigns, sometimes some keywords don't get a lot of traffic because they haven't had a lot of conversions. But in automated bidding, it's really hard to nudge these keywords to get more traffic. If it was manual bidding, well, then you just boost up the bid until it was high enough. Um, and so now we're thinking about stuff like how do you make campaigns more fluid so that when a keyword is working, let the automation handle it, take it off of my plate. It's fine. Right. But when it's not working, how do I bring it back into something that I can control more manually and boost it up so that the machine gets enough data and feels comfortable making that decision for me in the future? Um, uh, so God, there's so many things going on in PPC right now that are exciting challenges and, uh, and we're hopefully going to solve many more of those over the next couple of years. Amazing. And now for anyone that's been listening to this and they're like, I, I want to find out more about what you're up to, what Optimizer's up to, where's the best place for them to go online? Yeah, I mean, so definitely go to optimizer.com. It's, it's funny spelling, O-P-T-M-Y-Z-R.com. Check out the blog that we have. We talk about some of the best practices and how that applies uh, sometimes to our tools, but sometimes just generically what you should be doing. Um, so we don't have a ton of blog posts, but we try to go pretty in-depth with solutions so, uh, so that there's just some good stuff on there. We also have a show just like yours. It's uh, called PPC Town Hall. We do it about twice a month, talk to some PPC experts. So again, if you, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more on the search side, a little bit less on the social side, that might be a show you enjoy. So check that out. Um, and then I'd love for people to check out the two books I have. So they're both on Amazon. Uh, the latest one is called Unlevel the Playing Field. And it's on Kindle, it's on paperback, hardback, as uh, well as audible narration. So whichever way you like to consume books, we got it for you. Amazing. 
So guys, wherever you're listening to this or watching this, check the show notes above or below and we'll have all the links to um, the sites, the books, everything like that. So you can go and check them out. And if you know someone who is playing with PPC on the search side of things, um, or maybe they're in a uh, PPC agency, share this episode with them. Make sure they get some of uh, Frederick's insights into their ears because uh, it's, it's very exciting what's going on in the world. And I'm only playing around mostly in the, the little world of social. So it's cool to keep up to date with what's going on in uh, in the search side of things as well. And uh, Frederick, really appreciate you making the time to jump on today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Kim. Cheers.